Welcome to Paper Quest. I'm Jesse. And I'm James. And we're two friends teaming up in our ongoing quest through the Infinite Library. During a main quest, we discuss our current buddy book, and during a side quest, we share our recent solo reads with each other. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Please rate, like, or subscribe wherever you're listening, and check out the show notes for all the links in the description. Check the Facebook page for our upcoming release schedule, and consider supporting the show with our $1 Patreon, which also grants access to each episode two days early. But for now, please join us in another episode. This is Paper Quest. Alright, so once again, another side quest. I have three reviews this episode. What do you have? I have five. Five, okay. Uh, well, let's start with you. Sure. So I'm going to start with actually the book I most recently finished, and it's called Can't Hurt Me, Mastering Your Mind and Defy the Odds by David Goggins. So have you heard of David Goggins? Not until I saw your review like 24 hours ago. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, he is the only man in history to complete elite training as a Navy SEAL, an army ranger and an air force tactical air controller and he's he does a lot of like ultra marathons and um ironmans and he's just he had a, a really rough upbringing and at some point a flip switched and he wants to like push himself as far as he possibly can um well, so I think he's, he did jesus <laughs> he's he's done like pull-ups for 24 hours like i think it's over 4,500 pull-ups. Oh, consecutive in um, 24 hours? Like In non- 24 hours. Oh, my God. Um, like little breaks in between, but yeah, uh, for charity. And he was in the Navy for, I think, a full 20 years, uh, maybe more. And he's still, um, he's on lots of podcasts, and he's very much about pushing yourself. Um, and not to necessarily, like, the the same kind of insane level that he does, but just out of your comfort zone. Um, so I would say, I don't know what I put on Goodreads, but when I was typing this up, I, I gave it a four out of five. Um, and the only reason for that is for the like minus a star is I would probably read it again, even though it's I would still give it a four out of five. It's just I already knew all the story. Oh, okay. And there wasn't a ton. There was there was a, a lot new, but not enough where I like couldn't put down, if that makes sense. Like, So you were already aware of this guy and sought the book out on purpose, or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So gotcha. it, was, it was really good, and I'm sure if you'd never read the story. And there was also a lot of, like, talk about... Um, like going in depth on aspects of an ultra marathon and stuff, and I just there could have been a little editing, you know, of like mm-hmm. I don't need every mile type of thing. Not that he did, <laughs> but you know, just some of it was like, yeah, okay, you were in a lot of pain. You could move on, <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. here's the question: Do you feel super motivated or super defeated as a person? <laughs> I think it came and went. There was times where I was like, yeah, I'm going to do something cool. And then I'm like, well, I don't know what it is. <laughs> so, well, hey, I mean, we're going to do a Tough Mudder together again this year. So there you true, go. True, in a couple weeks. Um, yep. Be ready. And I've, <laughs> I will say, so I, I go to workout classes, as you know. I don't know. I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the podcast. But there's definitely been moments where... I know there's only like, you know, 30 more seconds of something, Mm -hmm. um, an exercise we're doing. And I'm like, you know, David Goggins wouldn't stop. (laughs) (laughs) Like he did, he did over the right mindset. Yeah. You know, where I'm like, well, he did, he, he ran a marathon on a broken ankle type of thing. And I'm like, sounds dangerous. Yeah. No, he does a lot of dangerous things, but there's definitely times where I'm like, uh, it's just two more push ups. (laughs) And, mm-hmm. okay. and so he's in my brain a little bit. Um, and I think that's a good thing. Um, and it's a short book and it's really interesting to, to see all the things he's done that just really pushes himself. 
So definitely recommend. Again, I'm I'm kind of adding in more self-help memoir type books. So it was good. Yeah, I've got to do a nonfiction here soon um, because I feel a little overdue for one because I think you're doing another nonfiction in this episode. <laughs> I am. I Which am. I almost read, by the way, but we'll get to that. Um, okay. Okay, I'll um, do I'll one and then later. we'll have you do like two more. Sure. Okay. So the reason I only did, I only have three reviews is because my first review is a six book kid series. This is by Brandon Sanderson, one of my favorite authors, as we know. I believe this is his only kid series. He has a couple teen series out now. And then, of course, all the adult uh, fantasy novels. So this one has been ongoing for quite a while. And I only just now jumped onto um, this series at a very interesting time, actually. It is called Alcatraz versus the Evil Librarians. I read books one through five, and then I went to get the sixth book, and it wasn't out. It was like, we'll be out. It's going to come out in like five days. And so it came out a few days ago, and now I'm caught up, and this series is over. So it was really good timing on that. <laughs> that is good timing. I was thinking, like, oh, how many is there? Yeah. But it's, it's luckily done. over as of this week, which, yeah. So if you're interested in a full kid series here's a complete one for you and it's really good so it's a comedic science fiction fantasy depending on how you interpret it the as far as the comedy goes this is kind of maybe a bad overall comparison but something more recently for you if you think of the way the comedy works in hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy where it's just outrageous and nonsensical but like totally works for the sake of a story that's what he did here i got vibes of like okay but also that's hilarious even though it's ridiculous so that's (laughs) the kind of comedy we're going for in this one total nonsense so alcatraz versus the evil librarians turns out librarians are secretly controlling the world so um as we know in real life there are seven continents but it turns out there's three continents we aren't aware of, and we'll find out in the books why we literally don't know about them, why we've never flown over them, seen them on radar, satellite, etc. It's because librarians control everything. So we live, us regular people like you and me, in the United States or you know other countries, continents, etc. We live in the Hushlands. The three secret continents are the Free Kingdoms. They know everything going on. So there's, there's a meta to this book. It's first-person autobiographical, even though it's fantasy. So Alcatraz is telling us in the beginning of the book, hey, this, I know the name on the cover is Brandon Sanderson. I'm publishing this book as a fantasy novel in the Hushlands, but this is all nonfiction in the Free Kingdom. So there's like a meta joke going throughout the entire book where this is for us, now we're in the know sort of thing. Um, It's not really fantasy once you realize what you're reading. Uh, So Alcatraz's last name is Smedri. Horrible name through and through. Um, You find out why he's named after Alcatraz. Technically, it's the other way around. I won't get into all of that, but just know they all have names that are the same as prisons around the world. Uh, The Smedris are all talented, quote unquote. They all have an ability. And on the surface, they all suck. Alcatraz, he has a talent for breaking things. Um, another Smedri has a talent for getting lost. Like, things that are just, like, ridiculous and stupid, and why is that considered a power? But they're very, like, the one character, he gets lost in, like, so, like, he's walking through a forest, and for some reason he gets lost, and he pulls back the branches, and all of a sudden he's in Paris. So, like, he literally gets lost and ends up somewhere else. So this is the kind of stuff we're getting into. It's, it's nonsense. Um, the magic system is based on glass. So glass is made from sand. The sand, the way you use the sand, depending on where you get it from, depending on what kind of sand it is, they turn things into glass. One of the biggest things they use for glass is lenses, like looking like glasses, lenses, sunglasses sort of thing. And each one will have a different power, whether it's telling if somebody is lying, seeing where someone has been. They've all, they all have some power um on top of this medry's regular talents and only the only the smedries have talents and again you find out why no one else in the world has them um if you've ever read a lemony snicket's a series of unfortunate events maybe have you read those 
I haven't, but I know uh, okay. what they are. Yeah. Well, the author in those books likes to, or the narrator, I should say, likes to interrupt and tell you how bad things are and how terrible the books are and don't keep reading, blah, blah, blah. Um, Alcatraz does a similar thing where he's like, I'm not a hero. I'm garbage. Don't listen to me. I lie. And then he literally lies throughout the entire book. So <laughs> it's, um, and then by book five, he's like, yeah, you know what? I can't put up with this story anymore. I'm done writing this. And then book six picks up and someone else is like, well, since he's not going to do it, I'm narrating the sixth book. So then it's a completely different character on the final book. And, um, it's all ridiculous fun, as you can tell. It's complete nonsense, hilariousness. Uh, Alcatraz grows up apparently an orphan. He's moved around from home to home via an orphanage. Um, and the reason he's moved around so much is because he can't stop breaking things. And everyone thinks he's just in a hole. Like, mm. my kitchen's on fire. You've destroyed this room. What is wrong with you? And no one realizes he literally can't help it. And his caseworker... Um, is uh, we find out very much in the beginning of the book, his mom. And he, mm. she just never told him. And he's, she's one of the librarians. So that's all I'll say on that. I don't want to go too far. But if you're in for really short, quick, like a couple hour read books, first of all, I would suggest doing graphic audio. They do full cast productions. So music, sound effects, every character has a different voice actor, all of that hilarious so much fun really really funny voices for all of this medries love them so that is um what's the age range it's elementary school for sure maybe early middle school so like 8 to 12 or something like that i think so because yeah 8 to 12 is probably good yeah um and i gave every single book four stars i don't know what keeps me from a five star i think it's just because you know at the end of the day they're ridiculous books, you know? They're yeah. just like, okay, ha, ha, ha. But yeah, that's uh, Alcatraz versus the Evil Librarians. Six books. So you actually read more books than me this week, or this Yes, but each book is only a couple hundred pages. <laughs> <laughs> so my next book is actually a sequel. Um, it's K-Pop Revolution by Stephen Lee. And it's the sequel to K-Pop Confidential, which I read probably a year ago. You didn't review this one on podcast, the first book? I did I did not. Okay. Uh, so, a quick summary. In the sequel to K-Pop Confidential, Candace is a rookie idol for a Korean pop group. Her life is suddenly filled with fans, cameras, and glamour, and the glamour of stardom. She and her boyfriend, Youngbae, are, K- are a K-Pop power couple. It's hard to say. (laughs) Um, She's a walking icon at the Brant Foreign School, and her new girl group, known simply as The Girls, is poised to break records across the industry. With her status as the industry's K-pop warrior, she has all the clout at her disposal to make waves, right? Her label, SAY, promises to make sweeping changes in the industry to become more humane and compassionate for the artists. But what will happen when the road of a record-breaking debut isn't as smooth as they planned? When a rival girl group emerges to steal a spotlight, carrying the message to change better than Candace ever could, she'll have to decide what it'll cost her and her bandmates to stand up for their beliefs. And as the world turns against her, with online bullies scrutinizing her every word, there's only so much that one person can take. From the top of the world to the brink of disaster, Candace is going to have to figure out why the world is out to get her, and she's not going to be able to do it alone. Um, so, this is a really interesting look at a world that is really mysterious. Um, K-pop idol groups. Uh, the most known right now are Blackpink and BTS. And I listened to it. I thought it was really entertaining. Again, got it from Libby. I love my library. And I was really excited to listen to this. I am a self-proclaimed Blink, which is like a Blackpink fan. And it's very much, in my opinion, this this book is based, based off of Blackpink. Yeah, we, you and I both love our Blackpink. <laughs> we... <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So I would say this is a very character-driven book. It's really targeted towards teens 
who knows something about K-pop because they don't go really in depth in explaining, you know, what a debut is, what what a comeback is. Um, but you do see things like um, K-pop stars are notoriously thin. They work really long hours, sometimes 18, 20 hour days. They have these demands that would not be made in American industry. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know who Stephen Lee is, but he makes a very compelling argument for a more humane K-pop industry. And it definitely, the bullying portion of it, of being online and, you know, she was held up on this pedestal for saying, hey, like, we should be allowed to eat. We should be allowed to say, no, I don't want to wear that skanky outfit, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that they should have some input and not just be kind of these toys of these corporations. And then she, you know, hugged the wrong male K-pop star. And now she's a villain because she's breaking up her relationship and all these things. And she's being, she's seeing all of this and you see her kind of spiraling of like, I was the top and now I'm, you know, in today's words, canceled. (laughs) Um, and she does. She gets very depressed and has har- horrible thoughts and feelings. But then it's also in this backdrop of Korea. And the author describes different shops and places that um, I would assume he's been to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, it was just really good. Um, again, I listened to it. I really enjoyed the author or the narrator rather. Uh, Gave it five out of five. I wish there was more. I don't know if they're making more, but I would I would listen to it. <laughs> okay. That sounds like one, again, who knows if I'll ever actually read it or listen to it, but that sounds like one that I would be interested in. It, it definitely is good. And again, it's a quick, it's YA contemporary, I would say, and it's probably under 300 pages. Oh, yeah, that's so, really easy. Yeah. So I guess I'll do one more mm-hmm, and sure. then... So this one I also listened to. It's called Mary Jane by Jessica Anya Blau. And this one made waves in book talk, booktube, bookstagram world for a while. And I gave it four out of five stars. Again, I did listen to it. It was good. It was really good. Um, <laughs> so a summary. This I pulled from Amazon, I believe. In 1970s Baltimore, 14-year-old Mary Jane loves cooking with her mother, singing in her church choir, and enjoying her family's subscription to the Broadway show Tunes of the Month Record Club. Shy, quiet, and bookish, she's glad when she lands a summer job as a nanny for the daughter of a local doctor. A respectable job, Mary Jane's mother says, in a respectable house. The house may look respectable on the outside, but inside it's a literal and figurative mess. Clutter on every surface, impeachment now more than ever bumper stickers on the doors cereal and takeout for dinner and not even the more troublesome where mary mary jane's mother to know which she does not the doctor is a psychiatrist which we all know is not a real doctor in the 1970s um, (laughs) who has cleared out his summer for one important job helping a famous rock star dry out a week after mary jane starts the rock star and his movie star wife move in over the course of the summer, Mary Jane introduces her new household to crisply ironed clothes and a family dinner schedule and has front row seats to the to a liberal world of sex, drugs, and rock and roll, not to mention group therapy. Caught between a lifestyle she's always known and the future she only just realizes possible, Mary Jane will arrive at September with a new idea about what she wants out of life and what kind of person she's going to be. Um, so, that was a lot, I know. But people have compared this to, oh, I can't think of the title now. Um, There's another book, uh, oh, Daisy Jones and the Six, which is another 1970s rock star book, um, which I've read and I really enjoyed. I think I I did maybe talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, it sounds extremely familiar. So Mary Jane is everything 
that I am, which is probably why I liked it of like, or I was at 14, you know, goes to church, is participates, has never said a bad word, doesn't even know how to lie, um, does everything, <laughs> does everything her parents say and, um, and, and literally doesn't even know what her name is referenced to. Okay. Um, so she goes over to watch this little girl and immediately they're screaming and shouting and not like in the like angry way, but just the, you know, instead of walking to the next room to talk to someone, just shouting up the stairs being like, Hey, what do you think about this thing? And that just blows her away. She's like, no one, I've, my father's never shouted. Um, and the mother and father in it are very affectionate toward one another. And, um, the mother will dress, you know, like a hippie, I guess, <laughs> in the seventies, you know, like okay. caftans and no bra. And she really doesn't know what to make of all of it, but she immediately feels like her duty is to the little girl who's eating cereal for dinner. She's like, I must make her have a vegetable every day. And she really falls in love with the family and they fall in love with her and she kind of helps them be better while the family helps her be less uptight. Okay, interesting. And yeah, it's just this very, it's a very beautiful story, to be honest. Um, uh, again, I would highly recommend listening to it. It was fun. Um, and because it's a rock star, there's a lot of singing in it. Even the little girl, um, they, they'll they sing about putting forks on the table or about alphabetizing the, alphabetizing the bookshelves. Uh, and so in it, they sing. And it was very cute. Did you say you <laughs> did the audio for this? I did, yeah. Did they, does the narrator sing, sing, or just say it? Sing, sing. Okay. And I mean, she's not, you know, Mariah Carey or anything. But it's respectable singing. <laughs> it probably just sounded sing-songy. It's not they were singing, you know, hardcore or anything. Yeah. yeah. She's not, like, belting out, you know, yeah. the, the lyrics. But it's fun, and it's, like, you know, you could read it and be like, oh, yeah, that's, like, probably a song or it's a, it rhymes. It's, like, a poem. But it's very different to actually hear the the song. I don't know about you, but whenever I read a book that has rhymes, poems, songs... I read or I sing in my head every single one and every single book exactly the same as if that's just how it is. I never, yeah. I don't know how it's supposed to sound. So it's just the same, like, overlap in my head every single time. I'm just, and at some point I just realized I was like, I sing them all the same. Like, I have no, I have no creativity. Well, I think that's part of why it was fun that, and I'm glad that I listened to it because they do actually. They're, they're all different. And it's throughout. You know, it's not just one instance. There's a lot of singing in it. So Okay. Very good. Very, like, I want to listen to it again right now. I don't know if I said, but I, it, I, did I give it a five out of five? I gave it a four out of five. Um, and I think that's because I gave Daisy Jones and the Six a five out of five. Like, that, uh. had, that one had me bawling, that one. And I listened to that one, too. And I was... They're very similar. Yeah, once you have the comparison novel, that changes things, unfortunately. Yeah. But I definitely, I would listen to it again. Okay. So Sounds like maybe less it's... my kind of book, but I can appreciate that. Yeah. What about you? My next book is a book that you have read as well, a while back ago. And this is Lore by Alexandra Brackett. Ringing a bell? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I knew you were reading this. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, I Go think ahead. I literally have your copy. I, I took it from your mini yes. library. <laughs> um, what Do you remember what you rated that, what you thought of it briefly? I remember liking it. Okay. Um, I think I, it was probably a three or four. I don't remember it being a five. It was probably more on the three side. I meant to look at yours, but I couldn't remember. So, basically, there is a punishment... For, you know, without getting too much into detail, there is a punishment where every seven years, nine Greek gods walk the earth as mortals and are hunted by descendants of ancient bloodlines. 
these hunters will gain the power of the gods they kill, the god or gods they kill, if they succeed. It's basically like a manhunter, god hunt around New York City, which is kind of cool. You know, like a... Mm -hmm. um, the main character is, uh, I want to say, Alora, but she goes by Lore for short, which is, of course, the title of our book. Pretty quickly on, um, so this, this contest or this hunt, whatever you want to call it, uh, is she meets... Athena early on in the book who is badly injured and they form an alliance right so this is our this is our team up if you will there's one other character but as far as gods go Athena is part of the alliance um and it just ends up being kind of a, a pretty gory mess around New York City I mean it's not like the most gory thing ever but I believe it's young adult and I was like oh yeah this is um I'd rather not imagine some of these things <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, I mean, if you're, it's hard to say like, oh, if you don't like gore, don't read it. Cause it's not like you can't, you're not looking at gore, but sometimes descriptions can be a little like, eh, so if that's not your thing, maybe, you know, not your book, um, not your, not your kind of book to read. This book is good. It's, it's like a, it's a higher end, like three star book. And it's not really the book's fault that I didn't fall in love with it. I knew going into this how I feel about ancient gods in modern times, like mm -hmm. Percy Jackson and stuff like this. It has nothing to do with the book or the story. You can make this story as great as you want. I just find it very hard to get into the realism of that. Like, oh, the gods are on modern times and they have cell phones and they're doing like regular people things. And I get it. They've descended as mortals for like a short period. But that's kind of always why I preferred fantasy worlds. So, like, when there are gods in fantasy worlds, it makes sense because it's not our realistic, like, Earth-type setting. It's it's a decent book. Um, it's not the most memorable book. I feel like when I was reading it, I was pretty into it. And the second half is better than the first half, for sure, when things really get going. Because, you know, it's one of those books where different things happen in the first half and then we slow down for the back half and it you know it's a drawn out like completion or conclusion to the story there's not a lot that i can say about it that just doesn't get into spoiler territory because it's one of those things where the next thing is always happening um there is action there is death and killing and gore there is still romance of course there is it's young adult so that's going to be in there for you um but i'm just keeping this one brief Three out of five. I think if you like modern era God stories and settings, you're going to have a lot of fun with this one. Yeah, I will say now that you're talking about it, one thing that I specifically remember, and this is not at all a spoiler, um, but I remember that Athena walks around with her giant like sphere, spear mm -hmm. through New York City at one point, and all the normal people are looking at her like she's crazy, but she's that's what she carries around, and she's an ancient goddess. <laughs> I actually really like Athena might have been one of my favorite characters because she's just like really extra in this book. Like, yeah, <laughs> she's just hardcore and they, she does not in any possible way take no for an answer. Yeah, I, re yeah. I remember enjoying that. Mm -hmm. I almost want to reread it. <laughs> well, I mean, is look, there, it's, is it's, there a sequel? <laughs> Um, now that you say that I was looking into it, I was trying to see if it was a series or not. I will say as far as conclusions, it's pretty definitive. So I don't feel like there is, but if you're looking for a, you know, like a conclusive, you know, tied up story, this is a good one to read. Well, I recommend it too. So if you are like me in like mythology stories, this, this no might one, be the one. No one had any idea. <laughs> <laughs> Me? No. Uh, you have t uh, you have two more, correct? I do. I also just realized this might be the first week I have no mythology. Well, I was going to say, you're kind of on theme <laughs> with, like, the music stuff and then some nonfiction. Yeah, go ahead. So what's your next one? And then you're probably going to laugh at my final one. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save the one that I think we'll, we'll enjoy talking about. The next one is a romance. I Again, Libby is just is here for me. This was a very short, like, I think it was seven hours total, but I listened to it double time, romance novel by Sarah Adams, and it's called The Cheat Sheet. So, 
James, I know you are a big football fan, so I'm sure you know that quarterbacks quarterbacks wear a list of plays on their arm, forearm. No, I did not know that. I know. (laughs) 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 It's called the cheat sheet so that they can look at their arm and go, oh, this is the play we're supposed to do. So basically, there are two friends, Bree, who is a ballet teacher, and her best friend since high school, Nathan, and Nathan is a NFL quarterback. And they love each other, like, my watch started beeping. They love each other, they've always loved each other, but they don't want to mess up their friendship, so it's always been platonic. And you get both sides of the story which I think is fun. What I did think was funny is that the man narrator is without a doubt the same narrator from the Bromance Book Club, which I listened to and have talked about. So it was really weird of like, wait, I know this person. (laughs) Um, Oh, not very often that happens. Yeah, and so basically they're, you know, it's it's a second chance they love each other. They want to help each other. And what happens is um, he breaks up with his... They both break up with their partners at the same time or around the same time. And even though they've always been friends, they've never been single together at the same time. And they go out, and I think the football team won or something. So she goes out with the football team, who are all her friends, and with Nathan, who's her basically you know guardian best friend. And they let her get really, really wasted. And she ends up in a bathroom with a reporter, but she doesn't know it's a reporter. And she spills her guts and says that she loves him. Uh, and it's actually really funny because uh, the his ex-girlfriend like put out a you know tabloid piece about him. And she's like refuting it. And it's very funny. Um, and she says... She, she mentions a brand. I won't say what brand because I don't want to ruin it. But she mentions a brand name and the brand goes, hey, if they're dating, we want to we sponsor them and like give them a million dollars or whatever to make a commercial. Mm. So they, they agree to fake date for this like month or whatever while making the commercial. But then, of course, they fall in love because they go to a red carpet event and all the photographers are going, kiss her, kiss her or whatever. And that's... They have to kiss or they have to hold hands. They have to do all these things that in in their minds was forbidden. So it's cute. It's fun. Again, it's nice to listen to because you have the dual narrators. And you know with a romance, it's, they're going to end up together. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> I did give it a three out of five because I do read, I would say, a fair amount. Probably like one or two romance a month because they're pretty easy and short to read. And... There wasn't anything that was like, whoa, that was cool. Or I'm I'm surprised they did that. Mm-hmm. I knew what was happening the whole time. So <laughs> that that was my only complaint, but definitely would recommend um I again, just fun. And I, I had my next book is pretty heavy, so this was after that. And uh it definitely helped ease <laughs> yes. the stress so yeah, i can only imagine i know what book that's gonna be yes um, let's hear about yours and then we'll dive deep into the darkness and i probably won't even read another romance book until our scheduled one for the winter which yeah you know i'm excited for i just don't think ever to read romance and i really should because they are fun and easy uh so when we first decided to start making the podcast we were trying to come up with options for books for us to talk about on our main quests and one that i pointed out that you now in hindsight rightfully vetoed <laughs> <laughs> what it is would have it been a horrible one of our first books i'm um, so curious a deadly education by naomi novik oh yeah i think we i think when we were at the store together the second book was out with like a green and gold cover yep so i had told you that i i started one of her books and it just wasn't doing it for me. And I was like, I, I DNF'd that book. And I don't know if I could do another one. So ha- tell me. I'm interested. This is this is DNF. I got just barely halfway through. 
Now, I understand that a human being wrote this novel and they probably poured their heart heart and soul into it and this book means a lot and people do like this, but let me tell you, it sucks. So, (laughs) (laughs) I just want to rewind the clock a couple months back to when we read The Atlas Six. Yeah. This is The Atlas Six level bad for me. (laughs) It's really, really bad. Um, I don't even know where to begin. So... The idea of it sounds fun, and I hate to make Harry Potter comparisons, but it's like kids going to a magic school, learning magic, doing cool magical things. Obviously, there's bad things happening. There is, this is supposed to be about all that, but it just, first of all, it just, it starts in the middle of term. I have no idea if this is the chick's first year, second year, if she's graduating, although I guess she's not if the second book is about graduation. It drops us right into an issue, right into the middle of the school year. I don't know what time. And it's info dump after info dump for like, I was listening to it. So it it wasn't really saying chapters. Um, It was just pausing and continuing and pausing and continuing. And so she introduces herself. The character is L. E L is her the what it's short for something. I forget what it doesn't matter. I'm never gonna read it again. Um she starts the book by talking about things to be much more interesting to witness in real time. And every time it starts getting to the story and we meet a new character or something new is happening, she has to info dump again and like explain things, but like it doesn't feel super required all the time. It just seems like Oh, God, this thing in my past, you have no idea. It's just like, okay, I don't, I just don't want to hear it. And she also mentions, for whatever reason, a lot of the time, you know, first time, fine. Second time, okay, I get it. Tenth time, please stop talking. She wants us to know that she's working out a lot and she's getting very strong. And I have to hear another second about how, like, she's doing a push-up or she's whatever, you know. When I have downtime in my room, I don't care. It's like... If you mention that you are working out, that's one thing. And that's like a character development that I know on the side that you care about. So maybe later down the line that matters. But she's constantly talking about working out. And I'm like, this is supposed to be like a fantasy magic book. And the school itself, I I know nothing about it. Maybe more happens later on in the book or in the series. But halfway through the book and I knew nothing about this school, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what the outside of it looks like, what the hallways look like. I have no idea what their classes look like because they never go to class. It's all the stuff in between that's not fun to read or watch. The only thing they have going for it, which I assume becomes a plot point at some point, but I didn't get far enough, is that she mentions if you were to build this school anywhere else, it would literally collapse. The design doesn't make sense, but it because of where it exists... It exists in the void. And they're making this comparison of like, imagine you're a caveman and you're looking up at the sky and there's weird twinkling lights. And you know, is that 10 feet away or a million miles away? You have no idea what that is. You have no concept of space and time. That's the void, even in the modern era. We have no concept of what it is, how it exists, how it's sustaining our school. Now, I fully believe that gets brought up again later on the books. But I... Yeah, again, I didn't get that far, but that was like the most exciting thing is like, I want to know more about this part of your universe. But all I got was a bunch of kids yelling at each other. And apparently people are always dying in this school. And it's normal. Like the kid's dead. Somebody will get his body later. And it's like, what? I don't, it's just a dangerous school. I, I don't think this author or this novel is ever for me. And I won't be reading this, this author's books ever again. I, I don't know what this mess was. And there's just also lots of unnecessary, like, I have nothing against language or cussing. I I cuss all the time. It doesn't matter to me. But it just feels off-putting in a book like this that's supposed to be, like, magical and stuff. But then, like, they're just very verbal about things. I'm just like, I just don't need this in my my fantasy magic book. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yeah. First and last time with this series and this author. I'm so sorry. I know you you put a lot of work into it, Naomi. (laughs) Well, to, uh, <laughs> I have no transition for that. There, there's no transition. Um, we can just move into what I am mostly interested in this episode is this book. Janette McCurdy is, uh, was a child star and teen star on Nickelodeon, and she wrote a memoir called I'm Glad My Mom Died. 
I will say I did give this five out of five. I bought it and was told that they were constantly selling out and like within the hour, the rest of those books were sold. So if you can get it, awesome. If not, get on a wait list somewhere (laughs) because it was amazing. I'll read her summary because again, this is her life. Um, and I think it, she's been through a lot and I feel like it deserves a lot of respect because it was, it was a lot. Okay. I, I so. tried to fit this in before we did this episode because I wanted to read it and talk about it with you, but I could not. So I'll just have to listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, Jeanette was six years old when she had her first acting audition. Her mother's dream was that her only daughter would become a star and Jeanette would do anything to make her mother happy. So she went along with, the, with what mom called calorie restriction, eating little and weighing herself five times a day. She endured extensive at-home makeovers while her mom chided, Your eyelashes are invisible, okay? You think Dakota Fanning doesn't tint hers? She, even showered by, she was even showered by her mom until age 16 while sharing her diaries, emails, and all her income. Jesus. In I'm Glad My Mom Died, Jeanette recounts this all in unflinching detail, just as she chronicles what happens when the dream finally comes true. Cast in a new Nickelodeon series called iCarly, she is thrust into fame. Though mom is ecstatic, emailing fan club moderators and getting on a first name basis with the paparazzi, hi Gail, Jeanette is riddled with anxiety, shame, and self-loathing, which manifests into eating disorders, addiction, and a series of unhealthy relationships. These issues only get worse when soon after taking the lead in the iCarly spinoff Sam and Cat alongside Ariana Grande, her mother dies of cancer. Finally, when discovering therapy and quitting acting, Jeanette embarks on recovery and decides for the first time in her life what she really wants. So like I said, this, I'm sure there's a list out there. This book probably has 50 trigger warnings. It is a very abusive relationship with a mother who probably had the best intentions in mind, but more likely than not, based on interviews I watched, suffered from some mental disorders. And she wanted the best. She did have her own eating disorder. And when Jeanette was started acting, she was playing younger than she was. So when she started to hit puberty, her mom suggested the way to stop that from happening was to stop eating. So at 11, she's, she's going, you know, oh, look, mom, I only ate half the apple. Or, you know, ordering salad with dressing on the side and things like that. And it became so ingrained in her that uh, when her mom was on death's door and they were trying to get her out of a coma and her, she had three older brothers who have all read the book and, like, blessed the book. Um, when they said, you know, hey, I don't remember their names, sorry to them, but, you know, brother A is like, hey, mom, you know, my girlfriend and I are getting married. And the other one's like... Hey, mom, I got into the college of my dreams. And the third is like, hey, we're going to move back home and we're going to have the best time with you. And she waits till they leave the room and she goes up and goes, mommy, I'm only 89 pounds. I'm at, you know, the weight you wanted me to be. And she's like addicted to drugs <laughs> and, and, oh. uh, and drinking mass amounts of alcohol. Um, and there's a lot of talk about the in the book, it's the creator. Um, you can look up who that is, but the person who created all of these teen shows, um, you know, making moves on her at 15, 14, 15 years old. Um, so it was amazing. It was a terrifying look into the world that we kind of all gawk at as a society. You know, you think about Disney stars from Miley and Lindsay Lohan and Brittany and all these young people who shot to fame when they were really tiny, young, impressionable people. And then you go, oh, why are they having a breakdown? And it's like, well, they're being stalked by the paparazzi 24-7. Mm-hmm. And they had a bad picture and now they can't eat or... They got a new deal, and now their parents are going, hey, I need a new fridge, or I need this thing, or I need that. 
So you get a lot of looks at that. And she's really brave, honestly. Like, she full-on says, like, yeah, I kind of hated Ariana because she had everything that my mom wanted me to have. And my mom was constantly going, well, Ariana's this size. Why aren't you this size? Oh, my God. Or Ariana has a record deal. You should have a record deal. And so, yeah, of course she didn't love Ariana Grande at the time. Um, my understanding is they've, you know, mended that. But just to say that is, or to say like, hey, I, her grandmother is still alive and she's written this book. And she's like, yeah, I don't talk to her because she uh, not only allowed all this to happen, but she's just as crazy as all of this. So it was really, really good. I highly recommend it. I'll let you borrow my book. I will read it again. And I honestly hope that more of these young stars, as they're aging and becoming adults, that they take the time to really, truly let us know what's going on. Um, You know, you can think back as far as, like, Judy Garland and Marilyn Monroe. You know, they were telling Judy Garland just to smoke cigarettes so she didn't want to eat when she was in... uh, in the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> like, I did not know that. That is insane. Yeah, and she was similarly aged. She was like 16 or something. So it's not new. <laughs> and It's not new, but channels like Nickelodeon and Disney, once we hit like the 90s and more modern ages, made growing up a, a child star a much bigger deal. And of course, once social media and stuff started happening, you can only imagine it just like tripled and... <laughs> tripled in probably damages and how often it happened yeah and not only that but not just was she in this machine of hollywood but she also had all of this trauma happening that no one really knew about and um after her mom died after she got in therapy she literally said like i didn't want to act at six like i don't know why i'm acting now i'm just gonna leave (laughs) i'm done and so yeah i think i think it was really brave i think it's a unique perspective and i think again like i said you know you probably don't follow this but rumor has it that britney is writing a book and by rumor i mean she wrote on her instagram she's writing a book a few months ago um i hope she is i hope she's fully saying what she went through and is being as honest as this and not trying to make herself look like Jeanette didn't try and make herself look good. It wasn't like my mom was horrible and that's why I was an addict. It was no, I was an addict because I made, made some bad decisions, but also I learned these things in this chaos. No, I appreciate um, that it's honesty. I it just, if it's something good about her, great. If it's something bad, she tells it too. Yeah. And, and I, I respect that a lot in people. And I can never, not not that I would be watching iCarly anytime soon, but I can never rewatch those episodes the same way again. Because you know, our household, we watched that show all, all the time growing up, and she was a hilarious and fun character. And now watching it again, it's going to probably be like, ugh, God. <laughs> well, something that's interesting, too, that she points out, and I didn't watch a ton of iCarly. I was more of a Disney kid. <laughs> but <laughs> um, S- Sam... Right? She's Sam. And like Harley? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Sam, her character, would like eat a lot and carry around or like hit people with sausage, I want to say. Some some like meat stick. <laughs> <laughs> so they, she would carry around food and hit, hit people with it. Um, and she like had to eat it during takes, but like also hated eating. So there was wow. that whole dichotomy of whole like, hey, I just, there. yeah, like I did 15 takes where I have to eat a whole ice cream cone, you know, because it's funny. So she's like gobbling it or whatever. This is, I'm making up this example. This is not in there. Um, but yeah, then she feels awful because she had to eat 15 ice cream cones. Mm-hmm. And a normal person without eating issues would feel awful. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not you. <laughs> but... I, I mean, you know, I'm just a void (laughs) i I inhale everything that i touch yeah but yeah Um, so again great read it i'll let you borrow it so if there's an audiobook 
I was gonna say, so you read this one, it sounds like. I did I know read this she, one. She reads her audiobook on this one too. Yeah, I would be really interested in listening to it. But I've watched a ton of interviews. She's very candid and she's very wise. She's got, definitely got like an old soul vibe. I believe it. Yeah. And with that. <laughs> on that note. Uh, yeah, good set of books this time. I, I enjoyed reading all of my books, including my really bad DNF ones because it was so bad that I enjoyed it. <laughs> Sounds like you did too. No, no super yeah. negative reviews there. No, I really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, I, I kind of, like I said, I, I shifted gears a little bit. I think the seasons are getting me into like away from mythology, but We'll see. I have some. I have a whole pile, so we'll see where we are in a couple weeks. Well, um, last week we did our, you know, we're doing a, a fave book swap where we give each other books of our books from our past that we gave five stars or heavily enjoyed, what have you, a favorite book. We did Switch last week. We're doing Fable Haven next week, so that'll be a mm-hmm. much lighter, fantastical topic. And then I think after that, we get into some more of the fall vibe books, hopefully, starting mm-hmm. with the Graveyard book, which I actually, I'm really ahead of the game right now, but I just finished that, so I'm, I'm ready to talk about it, but we're a few weeks out. And then um, I'm trying to, I'm playing a little bit of like, not even catch up, I want to I want to be a little far ahead, only because we're doing Stephen King's fairy tale, which I know is a thick boy so i just want to have enough time to read that yeah so we will be uh having some really interesting conversations because stephen king is not something i would normally pick up and there's a few other books i have in my stack that are not books that i would you know they're not romance mythology or fantasy so yep i've already got <laughs> questions for you but i i uh i can't talk about it yet but i'm curious um so well, i'm really excited to get to it <laughs> yes me too all right well we will leave you there for now we will see you on our fave book swap part two next week until then goodbye bye, bye.